Warning, the Bonsai Beat contains explicit language and may not be suitable for all listeners or fans of Neo Genesis Evigallion. Several anime companies have gone bankrupt. 1,337 anime fans have been sued. All the while, the Bonsai Beat has been there to deliver you the latest in news, show reviews, and discussions from both the experienced and novice anime fans' point of view. And now, broadcasting from a deserted island so Funimation's lawyers can't find them, here are your hosts, Jello Kuhn and Zach. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Bonsai Beat. This is Jolly Coon along with Zach. Hello everyone. How are you, Zach? I'm great. Doing well. It's nice to be recording again. I've been enjoying some anime this season, which I can't always say. <laughs> so Yeah, it's, it's, it's been good. Yeah, it's, uh We just did our top five anime of twenty eighteen. That's all good. And now we got new stuff. It seems like it never ends. There's always new stuff airing. It's almost like they planned it that way. <laughs> I know how. It's conspiracy. Yeah. The NHK. Exactly. <laughs> I was hoping you'd get it and you did. Yes. Yep. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yes. Yeah, so, man, there is tons of new anime coming out. I guess we should just say, uh, other than what you're, what are you reviewing today? I will be reviewing The Night is Young, Walk On Girl, or Walk About Girl, which is a movie oh, yeah. that I watched a few days ago. Nice. Well, there you go. But let's get into winter 2019 anime. What are you watching? Well, first I'll say I'm excited about this one because it seemed like last season was mostly a continuation of things I already started watching. Yep. Which isn't which isn't all bad. I mean, uh, the new Sword Art started, which I only mentioned because I actually think this is my favorite season. I So far, there hasn't been, like, a huge error. I know I might be jinxing it, but this is the first Sword Art where I'm, like, pretty on board with it. Wow. It's fun to watch week to week. It's the fantasy show it should be. It doesn't try to do weird story things. Hirito is still uninteresting, but that's fine because <laughs> there's other characters in it. He has like another guy character, Yujio, who is with him the entire time in this show, so that makes it more bearable. Um, I yeah, try- so. So, uh, starting, I think, this weekend, or maybe it was last weekend, Sword Art Online Alkization started airing dubbed. On Toonami. Hmm. So I think I'm going to start watching it now. Although I feel like now I'm super far behind. But I'll probably get caught back up. I've been on a dub kick lately. But, yeah, uh, there's a show I was going to watch. 
dubbed that I recently heard about. I'm like, I'd prefer it more dubbed. Hmm. Well, it might come to me throughout the episode. So I'm watching that, and I'm on, like, episode 15, and that's still good. Okay, so I'm going to cut you off. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. What is this controversy that everybody is, like, clamoring about for a certain episode? There was something very uh, controversial. Yeah, I thought I mentioned it. I, I, uh, I mentioned did, it I briefly remember. before. It's the idea. It was either in our top five or the one before that. I was talking about how for plot devices, people use animal abuse in JoJo's and the sexual abuse in Sword Art. Oh. So all throughout Sword Art, there's like the pervy, rapey villain well, usually. Yeah, I remember Asuna like in a cage. And yeah, that was creepy yeah. at some point. Yeah. Elixir and stuff. Yeah, so that happens a lot throughout the show. So in this one, uh, some minor girl character gets like tied up on a bed and groped in front of Yujio, one of the hero characters. Um, so hmm. basically, the controversy was the censoring of it, though, I believe. What? And so, like, whatever, the plot thing is controversial in and itself. And I already explained my stance where if it's used well, it's fine. Here, I think it's used well, so it's fine. Uh, but as far as the censoring, they censored the part where the guy, like, punches her in the face when oh, she's tied up. That's probably good. And, Who wants to watch and that? Where she, he, like, undoes her top. But none of the parts where he's, like, uh, licking her and implied, like, sniffing the panties that are still on her and stuff. The fuck? Uh, so, like, they don't censor the sexual parts, basically. And I'm not <laughs> we sure can't if the show controversy... violence against women, though. Yeah. There's and a I line. I think the controversy was, like, either don't censor it or, you know, do the parts that make more sense. Like, why was unbuttoning of a top where she still has a bra on? It, like, it, like unbuttons her outer shirt, and that's cut out. Hmm. But, like, why is he allowed to, like, then lick her skin? <laughs> like, <laughs> why wasn't that censored out? You'd think that would be more I offensive. gotcha. So it's basically, like... Either have it all butt, or don't. Yeah, have... people are butthurt that the selective censoring just doesn't make sense. Hmm. And it doesn't really make sense for either audience. Because in the West, we would censor out the <coughs> sexuality. And in the East, they would censor out the punching yeah. of her. Yeah, hmm. But neither would censor both. I don't know. It just... I, I mean, media you. in general shouldn't be censored, in my opinion, but... If it is, then they should have went all the way, I think is the complaint. But it's really so minor. Like, I had to download both and watch them side by side to, like, tell what was even different. Mm -hmm. And the, the punch is very brief. It's more of, like, a slap. Gotcha. And then, like, the unbuttoning still happens, but, like, it pans a different way in the nonsense. Or, like, yeah, the non-censored just keeps the camera there, and the censored, like, pans behind, like, to face his back. Oh, so gotcha. you can't see her. And it's just really minor. But mm. and, and then so but here's the funny part or the ironic part to me is right after that scene, Yushio slices off their arms <laughs> and there's blood everywhere and the girls on the bed are tied there and they're screaming as like the blood from the villains like shoot out of their arms onto them, like Jeez. covering the girls in their blood. Yeah. And I'm like, what a graphic it was the most graphic thing I've seen in sword art. So it's weird that people are like, ah, they censored the violence, that's very upsetting, but then also their arms flew off and there's blood everywhere and they didn't yeah. censor that yeah i got you now um you know it's kind of funny I, I forget where i read this or i saw this the creator of the show was like 
Oh, you know, guys, I, I, I realized that all the characters, all the girls, they only care about Kirito. I got to stop writing like that. I got to make strong, feminine, you know, females. And now, I guess, going forward, he said, thanks to the response from the West, from cons and stuff here, that he was getting feedback saying, like, why is Asuna, like, and pretty much everybody else, like, live and die around Kirito, and they can't be their own, you know, strong mm-hmm. woman. So now he's like, oh, good news, guys. I'm going to write better. You know, I was a bad writer back then. I suck. But I see the I have, I have a little now. faith that he can become a better writer, but, I mean, that's good. He acknowledges some criticism. I feel like it's much more likely you'd hear someone like an author make a comment and they'd be like, fuck other people. I wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I mean, I'm glad it's he's receptive. Austin is a pl- plenty strong character. It might be the well, only strong I, character. I think it was pretty written. much like, why is it every character like is ostensibly linked to Kirito and like, Oh my God, if Kirito does good, that means we were happy. But if Kirito does bad, Oh, we're sad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, everyone's linked to the hip. It seems like to him. Yeah, that's probably why I like this season, because it starts off with the tragedy of him being, like, stabbed into a coma. (laughs) And then, well, okay, so besides the tragedy that happens to him, the reason I like it is because, like you said, they're all upset because their life is tied to Kirito. But here it seems justified, right? He's, like, nearly dead. But before when they're, like, upset about him and he's not in any danger, then it's just annoying. But in the beginning, they have their big pity party of him being in a coma and... Like, it didn't seem like bad writing, because I'm like, yeah, if I was in a coma, my friends would be upset, too. Yeah, like, it, it made sense. Hope. But, but yeah, but normally it's like, why are they so upset? Like, nothing that drastic is happening to them. But now it is. Yeah, and it, the best thing he's ever done is to pair Kirito up with another male lead. I much more enjoy watching Kirito and male lead. Who was like, the other guy? Who was the first guy? Ryuji or Ryo? The guy... Uh... The guy who was in the red, who we met during the beta. Klein. Klein, that's it. Not during the beta, during the launch. Yeah, Klein. He's fine. But, yeah, but usually it was like paired, they're like brothers in Mm. the new game. So, that's really good. I much like the brotherly, uh, like, social thing going on than, like, Kirito and female lead, who's plenty strong, but is dependent on Kirito for no reason. Here, Yuji is like useful but not dependent because he's a man. <laughs> so, it's good. It's good. And like Yuji looks up to him almost like a big brother. And to me, that's a lot more palatable than the girl looking up to Kirito for being like unbeatable. Gotcha. Fair Kirito enough. is more of like a helping, teaching figure yeah. in this one. Yeah. So it's way better. So that's sort of. We talked too much about it. <laughs> I don't like it. It's better than other seasons. So. <laughs> I mean, I guess we covered the so-called controversy, but I don't think it's a big deal. And the only thing to be gained from it is talking about censorship, I suppose. But Man. there's so many things that are censored. I wouldn't pick my fight over censorship with, like, the pin of, like, a Sword Art episode. Like, I'd so much rather debate censorship in other types of media, but yeah. it's a different topic. Yep. Um. So I'm watching Mob Psycho 100 Season 2. This show is so good. I forgot how much I missed it. <laughs> and then, like, they have the catchy new opening. Uh, like, the catchy opening <laughs> of the first season. 
and it's just it's just so much fun to watch it's animated well the past episode i watched was almost like a horror episode they find a town that's possessed by spirits but they think they're all like fictional ones because they're all like from japanese folklore and movies Mm -hmm. but then the one that ends up being real is the dragger which as far as i can tell is the monster from the ring Hmm. it's like the girl that drags you into the tv or whatever Mm -hmm. but in this one she just drags people into a swamp so but they they did a good job doing like a horror atmosphere for the episode and of course the main character is overpowered like one punch man i forget his name now the boy so he can defeat her pretty easily but the first people to encounter her can't is his name mob yeah that would make sense come on well they like call him that as a nickname. I was thinking of his like real name, which is some S name, but Oh, Saitama? No, that's one punch Satoru. man now. <laughs> Shinji, Satoru, Shigiri, yeah, Sakamoto. The fifty year old high schooler from Persona three. Yes. Why is his hair gray? That always bugged me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm watching The Legend of the Sword Hero, which if you've been on Reddit, everyone's idolizing the little raccoon girl. Mm. who is cute but uh this one's kind of interesting it's the fantasy isekai story but he's put into the other world i guess it's not a game as the shield hero so there's like a staff a sword and a bow and a shield hero and everyone in their history thinks like this shield hero is useless and he doesn't get any cool powers and he can't kill monsters so they're like, we summoned you here, and you can have anything you want. And here are these cool adventurers, and they're all demon invasion. It's all like very straightforward. Like they're making fun of the Sakai genre almost. Hey, but then you... no one joins his party. Can you repeat because he like, has... the last sentence? Because oh. you like cut out. Oh yeah, sorry. No, no, no. Just... So they were said like we summoned you, these four heroes, to the fantasy world, <laughs> and you'll be paired up with people we give you. So they have like a breaking down of all the groups and no one picks to join his group because he has such a bad rep as like the shield hero that can't kill anything. So then eventually one girl joins his party and ends up like tricking him and framing him for sexual assault. And then they like disown him from the the government thing so Hmm. now he's been summoned to this world and he's like the outcast hero because he's been accused of stuff he got all of his money stolen and then he goes to buy a slave (laughs) which i don't really like how this was written because like slavery is very clearly a bad thing even in this universe and they still like tout him as the good guy for like going to buy a slave to help him fight stuff which is i thought kind of weird but so anyway, this girl is a raccoon person, I guess. And her parents always told her that the only person that cares about demi-humans is the shield hero. So, I mean, just because he's kind of a nice guy anyway, he ends up being nice to her and she uh, likes helping him. So that's where we are so far. But she, like, stabs things while he holds stuff with his shield. And they slowly kill stuff. But I, I don't really know where it's going, but it's all right. Also, now I can hear myself. Yeah, you're fine. So, uh, okay, so this is the one I'm more excited about. The Nether... I forget the English name. Something Neverland. But it's about these kids who are raised on this farm. 
Well, I guess you don't really know it's a farm, but you find out in the first episode. Um, so it's not much of a spoiler. Like the Promised Neverland or something? Yeah, the Promised Neverland. And they are being raised essentially by aliens or some sort of monsters that took over the Earth <laughs> to be eaten. And everyone at the orphanage, they're like children between 1 and 13, think they're just there to be raised. And then, like, they hear stories of people leaving and, like, going to a different place or, like, a city or being adopted. So no one really thinks it's suspicious. But then one day, the two main characters follow their mom, their adoptive mom, to, like, the gate. And they see the aliens, like, take the little girl out of the truck and she's dead. And then they talk about eating her and stuff. So now they have to think of a way to escape. And it's kind of like a mystery horror show. But then half of it is them pretending they don't know. So they're not killed for food. Hmm. So they have to, like, wend in at the orphanage, take care of the other kids, <laughs> deceive their adoptive mother, who may not be human. And it's just really good. The main characters are great, and they're all, like, 12, I think. So they don't have much time before they're killed, too. Gotcha. But they're also touted as, like, the most impressive students. So, because apparently the tastiest part of the human is the brain, and the smartest ones sell for the most. So, like, they've been kept there because they keep getting 100% on their tests. But if they ever fail a test, they'll, like, be shipped out as food. So that's another cool element. It's very good. I like it. And so far, it's not, like, overly scary or dark. It's, like, a good mix. Like, there's startling parts and intense, like, thriller parts. So I like it. Sounds interesting. Yeah, it's really good. That's probably my favorite that isn't just, like, a continuing show this season. Gotcha. And then I'm watching Kakiguri, which I'll let you talk about. I'm continuing JoJo, which I like much more than the last season. And... So what's the name of this one? Because the last one was like Diamond is Unbreakable. This is like Desert Heat Mambo number five. <laughs> I <clears throat> forget the name of it. Um, I can click it real quick. Prepare for the clacking. Oh, Golden Wind. That's it. Yeah, and this one's about Giorno Giovanna. So which like... is like the, the bastard son of uh, Dio, who was the villain, but now... Well, yeah, Dio's is... been dead for a long time, hasn't he? Right, but what happened? Because now they're are they in the year two thousands yet? Because like, I know a couple episodes back they were like in the seventies and eighties, and like this is like every yeah, generation of you're right JoJo's and Dio's. I think this one's like in the nineties. It takes place right after the last one I watched, um, but they, in Italy, so it's different characters. Do they chat using AOL? Well, so far it's all been in person. I don't, Keyword, know, I don't know if they've used a the phone. Keyword JoJo's AOL dot com. But his dream is to be a gangster. But really, his dream is to undo the gang in Italy because he's there. He thinks they're ruining Italy, and they are because they're running drugs and killing people. So, hey, you don't talk about the Nostra Contra Nostra. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, but it, it's weird because he's a good guy, but that's because he was born from Dio when Dio was ahead. And Jonathan's body, I don't know. It's very complicated. What the hell? I don't. Don't explain it. I just okay. What the hell? God damn it, JoJo's. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> if you watch all of JoJo's, it makes sense. No, I get it. I watched the first half of the first season, and that's it. Right. 
So you saw them beat Dio, and then his body was in a coffin in the ocean. Well, when his body's in a coffin in the ocean, he attaches his head onto, like, Jonathan's body. So now he's evil. But if you were to have a kid, technically the lower half of him is Joestar. Okay. So is his sperm good? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Anywho. Complicated questions. Yes. And then I'm watching another show I like that's, like, Slice of Life and short bursts of entertainment. The Kaguya-sama. Love is war. Love is war, yeah. Everyone's going... just. Everyone's loving this show. It's really palatable because it's like five-second segments. Uh, It reminds me of like Nisekoi without the big T's. It's like these two characters like each other, but instead of like playing dumb so the show goes on forever, their goal is to like trick the other one into confessing. Yeah, and they make it. They make good use of a narrator. Like, yeah, I love the narrator. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I watched the first episode, and I, I felt like it was a lot like um, his and her circumstances. Karikano, uh, very much kind of like that, where you had the two really smart. They were the most. So in, in his and her circumstances, uh, basically. The two main characters are the two smartest in the school, and they're always competing with each other on who gets first. They're also in the student council, and it's slightly different, but um, yeah, I kind of got a vibe of that where it's like similar. But then in, the, in this one, Karakano, the, sh- the guy finds out what the girl's really like at home, where she's like a slob. And the only reason she's. Uh, the only reason she is. Uh, doing all the extra homework and looking, looking pretty and all that. It's just a, she enjoys fooling everybody and kind of looking down on everybody like everyone's an idiot. Mm-hmm. You know, and she thinks she's like this master, like, you know, this master person of like, I've got everybody fooled. Uh, and then he finds out like Arma's like, oh, hey. And she's like in pajamas and like lazy, like tracksuit. And her hair is like messy and it's awesome. If you haven't watched His and Her Circumstances, Go freaking watch it. It's awesome. And watch what happens when uh, when a show runs out of money and the last episode is done with nothing but popsicle sticks and paper cutouts of characters. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just want to watch it to see that at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm pretty sure that's it other than Kakiguri. Yeah, so, cool. Well, you're watching a lot. One. Yeah. So, my favorite show so far is Domestic Girlfriend. And I'm still not sure after uh, episode three. Because, man, it's got some some good redeeming stuff. But, man, is it like... It's frustrating. So, I feel like the show wants to be realistic, but it... It's not. So, basically, the story is, is this kid, his name is uh, Natsuo, he has a crush on his teacher, who is like 22 or something like that, only a couple years older than him. Mm -hmm. And he, like, wants to be with her. Well, he goes to a like a family or like a friend like him and his friend 
went out to some like karaoke place or some bullshit and met these girls and one of the girls is like yeah this kind of sucks I want to get out of here and he's like yeah I kind of agree let's go and she's like okay well we can go uh, to my place so they go back and she goes hey I want you to have sex with me and he's like well um, I'm a still version too, but okay. <laughs> you know, cause they just met and everything. And mm-hmm. so then like the next day after he like tells his buddy, like, Hey, I fuck this chick. Uh, Hey, his dad is getting remarried and you'll never guess who the stepsister is. Or I guess you can say this sister now. Well, I guess it's technically stepsister. Yeah, <laughs> it's the teacher, and the chick he fucked. Ah, oh, that's her sister. So now they got to be like, <laughs> how could they ever go for something realistic? That, yes, with so that coincidence. The reality of it is, is um, his dad, like his mother, died like when he was young, and his mm-hmm. dad had been like grieving, and he'd met this girl, like this woman, and he didn't say anything to his son about it. He was kind of seeing her on the side because he didn't want to like... This is what I like about the show. Is this show uh, actually has fucking parents that give a fuck about their kid and their feelings to the point where it's over the top. So like, he basically said like, yeah, I've been dating this girl. Uh, we really like each other. And we want to get married and they're moving in next... We're getting married next week. And they're moving in soon. And that's when he meets the girls. And... It's kind of cool at first because he's like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Uh, my teacher is now my stepsister. And, oh, my God, that girl I just fucked. You know, he's like, how can I be around her? It's going to be so awkward. And she's like, that never fucking happened. Don't you dare bring it up. That never happened. Fuck off. You know? Hmm. So the first episode is like him trying to come to grips with his feelings for... His teacher, now his stepsister, and the girl that he had relations with, he's still kind of like, is like, what happens if it happens again? Meanwhile, she's like, yeah, that never happened. Go to hell. And we turn. it turns out that the only reason she wanted to have sex was because she was getting teased by the girls who, who, who did have sex and were like, oh, you don't know what it's like. And to me, that seems a little believable, but obviously the way it happened, I would think kids today are a little smarter and are like, hey, we just met, let's go fuck. Like, and they don't sexualize anything. Like, they don't have any, they don't have any nudity. They don't have anything. They don't even have a sex scene or anything. It's just, they go That's right to, That's what I was wondering. They go right to after it happened and she's like, well, that was that. And they show her getting dressed and... They basically part ways. And that that's the extent of it. Mm-hmm. And he just tells his friend, like, oh, it was really weird. I met this girl, and we kind of had sex. Um, but then It gives that, me more faith for how good it is, because, like, depending on how much that scene was the focal point, right, it would totally make it a different kind of show. Yeah, exactly. And it's actually kind of funny, because, like, in the second episode, um... You know, she's like in the bath and he accidentally walks in and he's like, oh, shit, sorry. And then he, you know, walks out and he she's like, hey, wait a second. And you see this little dream sequence of him like, like, oh, let's do it one more time. 
<laughs> but you know, it was him dreaming as a you know horny teenager. In reality, mm-hmm. she's like, "What? You've seen me naked. If you want to come in here, hey, we gotta talk anyway. Come on in here." And you know, it, it was finally like n- nice to see like real. You're not over. I'm gonna say real. I would say dramatic over the. Oh my god, you saw me naked! Oh, and they throw right. a, you know a bathtub For... or something at him, or punches him. Right, which historically um, is the only reason that scene is in anime. It's for yeah. the fan service and then her over-the-top denial of the main character. <laughs> yeah. Um, meanwhile, like, the teacher... Uh, is I'm having... just so confused how they couldn't tell, like, he has a crush on his teacher. Well, she even knows it. Girl. She even well, right, knows it. But how did like... he not realize they're sisters? Do they just not look alike? I don't... <laughs> What do you mean? In the real world, like, wouldn't you, if you met some girl that wanted to hook up, wouldn't you be like, she looks awfully like my teacher? Yeah, not in this case. I guess she's like blue hair and yeah, and looks. I so guess because it's animation, they look very different. Yes, but like, exactly. But I, I don't know how that's all that surprising. Like, and if you're, most teachers are pretty open, like she would have mentioned she has a sister that age. Like, I don't know. Th- that part you have to suspend disbelief. <laughs> yeah. So basically. Um, Rui is the girl he had sex with, and Hina is the, is the teacher. So basically, Hina knows, like, he has a crush on her, and she's like, Hey, you're too young, you're a fucking child, um, maybe if you were a couple years older, who knows? But then they have, like, these weird scenes where, like, the first night, she comes walking out of bath with nothing but a towel on and, like, panties. And she's like, oh, shit, I forgot. Ah! And then, like, you know, she, like, runs out of the room. like, And then she's also a raging drunk. Yeah, the the, the working woman stereotype in anime. Yeah, that's still... And then you go pound beers at yes, your house exactly. because you're a single woman. But on the other hand, what makes it interesting, too, is... And I don't want to spoil what's going on because episode three, it all kind of comes out. Um, Hina's having relationship problems of her own. Meanwhile, Natsuo is still trying to come to terms with his feelings for Hina. And a lot of things happen that I really... I had to stop the episode and be like, how, how is this going to go? Because things happen in episode 3 that don't seem realistic. But then as I thought about it, what happened happened for a reason to prove a point. But then on the other hand, like... Now they're like now like Ruri and Natsuo are scheming against um, Hina uh, over something I won't bring up. That seems super juvenile. Like they ran away from home because they were upset at something Hina was doing, and now they're like crashing at a friend's house. And it was kind of crazy. They came back, and the parents had gotten divorce papers because they thought they'd ran away because they were both against their pending marriage. Mm. And like they were so upset, and when they returned home, like they were sitting at a table filling out divorce papers, and like they were like, "Oh my God, we're so sorry, we pushed us on you," and it was just so refreshing to see like parents in an anime that are there for their children, and like give a shit. They're not just figures that just show up every now and then, or um, 
you know, or used as a, a, a story plot. Like I remember he raced with the abusive mother, you know, Mm-hmm. I don't know. I really, really want to like the show. And I mean, Erase does a good job, to be fair. Yeah. There's no, the I agree. mother, yeah, but also there's the caring, the caring mother. mother who is yeah. the character. No, I agree. But um, I got a lot of, like, not necessarily Marmalade Boy, like. It was just kind of weird because, like, in Marmalade Boy, it's kind of like the same thing. So... Uh, Marmalade Boy is a really, really old show from the late 80s. It's like fucking crack if you ever watch it. Um, if you're into shoujo. So basically, this is really fucking retarded. Uh, it's also kind of comedy though. So, Miki's parents get married and they go on a honeymoon. And Yu's parents get married and go on a honeymoon. <laughs> well, the parents, while on the honeymoon, they each meet each other as different couples, and they're like, fuck it, we're fucking swapping couples. They and then they come home, it. and they're like, guess what? That guy I was married to, I met this other guy. And the other girl, and then the dad's like, hey, that other girl? Yeah, fuck her. I met this other great girl on our honeymoon. And we decided as couples... We're going to freaking uh, swap partners. But good news, guys. You're going to be freaking living together. And so they've got two moms and two dads. And that's, <laughs> that's the... <strange>. Yeah. <laughs> and so you and Mickey have a secret relationship. And they have the ups and downs. And it's like 97 episodes. But it's... It's fucking awesome. It's 1980s anime. There's no fucking cell phones. It's just... A lot of the tropes you see today started out there. Like, oh, I misunderstood what you meant because I didn't see the... I didn't hear the full conversation and I went off the board and thought these terrible things and I told these people and everyone hates you. Oh, I'm such an idiot. Those tropes... Yeah. Like, those tropes, I think, started in any show like Marmalade Boy. But... Point being is, I felt like this, where it's like, hey, I met this girl, and now we're getting married next week, and I guess while we're, we're going to move in together, and you got two new sisters, motherfucker. <laughs> Don't fuck them. This isn't Kiss XS, where the dad is like, hey, go fuck your stepsisters, or you're not a man. What the fuck's well, wrong funny. with you? It's funny because they have the same name, too. One of the girls in Kiss X6, I'm pretty sure his name Ruri. Oh, God. Motherfucker, not <laughs> God damn it, I think you're right. Oh, I remember from Kiss Excess. Is it's the, the same show. The lipstick scene. I am trash. No, here we go. Rico and Akko. That's way off. What? Rico is very close to Ruri. Yeah, you're right. You're right. God damn it, I'm such a trash. Anyway... <laughs> So there's that. Um, I'm kind of curious now. Uh, going into episode four, like where are they going with with this scheming? And like, I felt like the characters are still very juvenile, and like their actions, like, oh, we're gonna run away because we don't like this thing. You know, like, okay, mm. good. They're grounded in like. They still make dumbass childish mistakes because they're still children at the end of the day, you know. But the teacher is dealing with grown-up type things that she doesn't want to share. And uh, 
Natsuo thinks he's man. He's a man. He fucking knows everything. But then she, and he finds out some stuff and confronts Hina. And she's like, you don't fucking know anything. You're a child. And yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. That sounds I, good to me. It's it's, re- it's redeeming that like the adult characters have a place in the story. Because... And they're kind of silly. Like the father is like super over dramatic, like crying, and like they do have like some serious stuff, but they also know like when to bust it up and like throw some funny stuff in there. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, like the parents love their children and want the best for their child, their children, and will. Break up their own. I mean, damn, who, who does that? You know, obviously mm-hmm. a very loving, and you know, it was just because they ran away for a couple of days. Yeah, yeah, I'd give it a shot. I, I like drama. You definitely romance. gotta like, especially for like people that do it in a refreshing way, like Scum's Wish. Yeah, um, I guess. Yeah, like I mean, I like this romance isn't... drama with like real issues instead of just relationship issues. Yeah, and this isn't. Oh, like, I like my characters to have something they're like struggling with outside of the relationship. Yeah, and I kind of struggle to see like where it's going because the promotional art makes it look like both sisters are like into the main character Natsuo, but mm. that's not true. Per se, I, this is why I don't know where it's going. Like, I hope, like, part of me hopes like. He finds someone else because it is kind of weird. Because, like, I always think of um, Koikaze. Are you familiar with that show? I don't think so. Okay. So, Koikaze, we've done, I've done a review on it. To me, it's a very, very awesome show, but it's so fucking. Like, this is a show that I would never tell him what I watched because of what it deals with. So. Koikaze is a show where a guy meets this girl and they go on a date and they really like each other and have a good time. Turns out he had a long, long, uh, like a sister from long ago who they were broken up as a family at a young age. What do you know? The girl he went and saw was his little sister. Oh boy. Yes. So the (laughs) the show... Struggles with both the guy and the girl still wanting to carry on this relationship, but because of social taboos, they can't. <laughs> More than social, scientific. That too. <laughs> I mean, if they're like, children, but. Yeah, and they know, like, what they're doing is, like, not healthy and not appropriate. Mm-hmm. Siblings aren't supposed to be like that. But they look at, like, we didn't know each other growing up, and now we did. We met each other as, she's like a, a high schooler, like junior high, or, and he's like 21. or like, It's still weird about the age differential. Like, it, I find it weird that anyone, like, hey, I'm 21 or 22, I'm going to go date a, a junior high girl or a, you know, a senior in high school, junior high school or a senior in high school, so I meant not a junior high, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This seems creepy to me. But, okay, pause it here. Because I'm going to spoil the fuck out of the show. Because I have to. All right. Unless, do you want to watch the show? 
No. Okay. So they fight with do they want to go fuck? And their dad is like, fuck you. I'm going to fucking disown you to the sun. If you dare try to have a relationship with the girl. Mm-hmm. And the girl's like, fuck you, dad. You know, essentially they end up having sex. But then the last episode or two is them like saying like, we can't do this. Here's why. And I thought it fell with the dealt with a taboo subject in a really kind of realistic manner. In a real down-to-earth manner, I should say. Not realistic, per se. Because mm-hmm. it's anime. At the end of the day, there's always going to be... And don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not advocating incest or, or anything like that. It's just... These stories, like, you can only... Like, no, I understand. It, yeah. Instead of the Oriemo approach where nothing has a consequence, they're dealing it with it in a way where actions have consequences. Yes. And in, in, in that way, it's realistic. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, you know, in this case, they always got the loophole and domestic girlfriend of, oh, they're not related by blood, but eh, it's not a pervy show. And it's not, like, full of fan service. There's been none. They show her in a bath, but, like, there's nothing to see. She's just Mm -hmm. in the bath. You know? It's just... I find it interesting where it's going. And I'm curious to see where it goes. But I also wonder, like, all the... like. It feels like it's rooted in, like, teen angst slash, like... Oh, I'm old enough. I'm in high school. I know what's going on in the world. But in reality, nobody knows what the fuck's going on in high school unless you're, like dealing with a lot of heavy shit, you know, that life throws at you that I'll say I was lucky I didn't have to deal with as a kid. You know, and these kids aren't dealing with. These kids have this, you know, Natsuo and Ruri have two loving parents. They have a roof over their head. They have food in their stomachs. Uh, They're two normal teenagers who, you know, did something unknowingly and... You know, whatever. I, I don't. I don't know. You know, it's just. I'm really excited to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. So I talked about the show way too long. Um. Yeah, we talked about Love Is War. Um. Uh, yeah, Kakaguri. So, man, they just get right into it. Now I'm a little confused. About so. What? The first episode, they went right into the guillotine, the guillotine game. Guillotine. Guillotine, yes. whatever. But the second episode, so I felt like I watched it backwards. I found an episode where they sliced one and two together, but I felt like they like shifted the episodes around where they explained all the student council stuff and everything at the very beginning of the episode. And then they went into the game. It made a well, lot more it, sense. What happens <laughs> the way it aired oh. is they do the beginning of the game. Yeah. They explain the student council stuff. So you don't really know why they're playing the game or who that no. person is. They explain the student council stuff. Then it goes back to the game. And it during the show, it does like a weird like fast forward thing where it like plays the sound all fast. So 
to kind of clue you in that we're getting back up to speed in the game because everything uh, else was like on the side. Okay, because I watched one where they like flipped everything kind of around, where it was like Try, trying to like adjust for how the director decided to do it. I which guess was out of order. I don't know if they just this... out of order was fine. I liked it. To me, it was confusing as fuck. But it's just the game rewind explanation the game again yeah no, no, I, I get it now yeah i get it but as i was getting into it, i'm like i, I almost thought like i was like i was who two started and they're like hey we're doing student council changes and blah, blah 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 i'm like they were just playing a game yeah you see the main character jumpani or they're like all in the classroom and you're like why are they in the classroom should yeah. they be in the game room yeah. <laughs> who won the game i mean that, that didn't confuse me i knew what they were doing the whole time but i could see how it could yeah but then episode three is where it gets back to like why I love the show. First two episodes are kind of eh. Yeah. Um, but I love Mary's character. So. Have I watched episode three? Yes, I have. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. I remember now. Yes. So we are quickly thrown back into the world of Kakegure, um, where uh, gambling is awesome and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jambam, Jambam, God damn, what's her name? It's like Jabami or something. Yeah, Jabami is still like, like, it's awesome because like the girl in the puppy dog pajamas, the little girl who eats all the candy, the student console mm-hmm. girl, like I always wonder if they're like in the cahoots. Well, right, because the whole first season, you see her on the phone, and they never explains like who she's talking to. Yeah. So like, she clearly knows more. We just don't know why yet. But yeah, I don't know. I I get frustrated though. And it's the same with the season one, where Jamambe is always like, "Oh, I know the secret, and I figured it out." And oh, aren't you stupid? It's like, fuck! Can't you just play the game? For fuck's sake! That's why I love Mary's character. She wins more straightforward. And also she like is much more about making a fool of the main character who is the insert for the audience watching. Mm-hmm. I think it's genius writing to have him as a character because like the things he feels is what you should feel as Yeah, no, viewer. I agree. Like, he's like, what Oh my the god, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I he's, mean he's like, These people are insane. Fuck yeah. them for liking gambling so much. They wanna yeah, they wanna they like, yeah, exactly. Why are yeah, they gambling uh, so a, much? He's a great character. And then they're gonna lose their fingers. Mm-hmm. Like your fingers are important in life. Yeah, but I'm I'm excited for like Mary's role in the show. She's a yeah. cool character. I'm kinda sick of seeing Jabami eat everyone i guess most some people call it they like always call her yumiko which is her like Last first name. name yeah but then in the subtitles they always use like Jamal, her family yeah. name which is important in this season because like they're having a battle for the student council president yeah and they all come from like the same branch family yep yeah they sure do but i'm just gonna call her yumiko because that's like what yeah. they actually say vocally <laughs> and i forget what i i mean i had to like uh, download it somewhere because if you actually want to want to wait and watch the show, you have to wait like five months for Netflix to do it. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Fuck that. Yeah, I don't. Right, me either. So I guess it could just be the subgroup I found is writing Jabami, and no one ever says that. So yeah, could be weird stylistic choice. Yep. I mean, I don't I don't translate or speak Japanese, but they're very clearly not using your family name. Um. Yeah, but. 
the the vice president is like a new character introduced. Yep. She's always in the show, but she finally takes off her mask. I thought it was cute. Yeah, she's adorable. She's instead of being the cold, stern one. She's like cute, and then it's like, she's like, mm-hmm, uh, but really good at gambling, seemingly because yeah. she had all the points. It's kind of like if Darth Vader took off his mask, and instead of being hideous, he was like a blonde, blue-eyed, like Moe character, and then he puts his mask on, and he's like menacing <laughs> and evil. Yeah, or That's it was just Christensen or whatever, the yeah. actual actor for Anakin, who apparently is attractive. I've heard from some of my female friends. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't have any meter for it. But <laughs> apparently, he was handsome before he was turned into Darth Vader. Uh, but that's not anime. Nope. So, yeah, this show is great, and the third episode is when like I got more into it because I didn't like the first game. I yeah, find the, it was kind of silly. Like, I do like that Yumiko I, hates I, the other girl, the, the Russian girl roulette gun. girl, because yeah. I find her really annoying as a character. She is. So that I, then I don't feel bad about the show because I'm like, uh, clearly this character is supposed to be annoying. But I also thought I, I hated that scene where they just kind of fucking like, well, that happened. Saw so, you suck. Like, all the tension was kind of ruined. Yeah, that's that was my worry when I, the first episode they introduced all the people. I'm like, that's like 20 new characters. If they're going to yeah. battle each one, they're not going to give each game enough time. Yeah, but we're gonna have deadly checkers. Because like the yeah, the best episodes of the first season was the poker game oh, with yeah. Mary and Yumiko, and that one took two episodes, and that's probably why it was better. This one, there, I feel like they're going too quick. Well, that I keep wondering, like, what do they fucking figure out all these games? Um, I, I mean, I've seen the one they're playing currently before. Really? Mm-hmm. I forget what it's called. Oh. It's definitely it definitely has an English name. I've I've played it. Probably... I haven't done like the weird betting system or whatever, but yeah, the like the first person to throw a card too high that goes over, I've played. Hmm. Well there you go. That one was interesting. Yeah, but clearly the guillotine game is not a real game. Oh, I thought you were saying it was. My bad. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, no. no. Yeah, yeah I played the one that chops off fingers. Yeah, you're hardcore. Yeah, I guess you just thought I was much harder than I actually am. Back when I was in prison. Yeah, prison. Speaking Mike. of not normal teenage years, prison Zach. No, I'm I'm not hard at all. But I was. Is prison is prison school based on your time in prison? Right, you but were there's less by hot the girls there. Ah, damn. And I was talking about the one they're playing currently, where you throw the numbered cards. Yeah. That one I've seen. Finger okay. guillotine, not so much. It's yeah, not okay. really. Although it does remind me, I had a game that was like spaghetti and meatballs, and the spaghetti crisscrossed to hold the meatballs at the top, and you took turns pulling the spaghetti out. Oh, that's like a straw. Pulled... Yeah, it's like the one where you put the marbles on top, and then you just right, pull right. straws, and then whenever right. the marbles. So go that's out. what I was thinking of for the guillotine. I'm like, one of them are the spaghetti that'll let the meatball guillotine chop off your fingers. <laughs> There you go. That's how hard my childhood was. Yeah. Yeah, but that show's fantastic, and it's actually, like, I have one friend who doesn't like anime, and it's actually the only anime he's seen. Because mm-hmm. when I was visiting him at college, my little brother and I, they're actually my little brother's friends originally, we were, like, playing board games and shit, and then we put on that show because we were all watching it except for this person. 
but then after we left, like my Netflix was logged in and he finished watching it. That's awesome. <laughs> he's like, he's like, that show was really good. I'm what does like, he think of like, like anime. the crazy orgasm scenes where they're like, they're, you know, like, yeah. So yeah, someone who doesn't watch anime, he's like, it's way over the top. And he watched it in English, which I think is even more like hard to stomach the over the top. Cause when you, uh, I thought they did a good job though. Yeah, I mean, they did a good job, but when you know what every word they're overly enunciating is, mm-hmm. like, it feels a little cheesier. Mm. Um, maybe not, but you said it was over the top, but it was just, like, a lot of fun to watch, so it didn't matter. So you liked it. I was yeah, so Like you said, it's, it's kept... not something I would, like, show someone to get them into anime, because it is extreme in that regard, but yeah. it is a lot of fun, and if you're someone who likes games and likes thriller type shows. It is a good one. So I was so happy they kept the original theme song. I love that song. Original theme song. Yeah, for the opening. Oh, they didn't. Well, they have a new one. Oh, they do. Oh. Yeah, the first one was like half of the new one and half of the old one. Yeah. Which I thought was cool. Yeah. Yeah, the oh. first episode. But after the first episode, they have a new one. Oh, okay. I don't remember. They're not really close to Yeah, the first one's better, but this one's really good, too. This one's very much like a Bond opening, I think, intentionally. Oh, and the opening from Death of Girlfriend is awesome. Hmm. It's really good. I really like the song. And the characters sing around to it. But yeah, anyway. So yeah, if you have, if you've watched Kageguru Season 1, you should definitely watch Season 2. It picks up right after where 1 left off. Or I would even say it's just a continuation. Like, they don't even really really even call back to season right. one. They don't really acknowledge any times past. It's yeah. just happening. There's like, oh, new events are occurring. It's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I like it a lot. Yeah. Man, yeah. we're going to finish a lot of shows this season if we keep on them. Yeah, and unlike most seasons, I don't mm-hmm. have a reason to quit yet. Like, well, normally when we talk for the first time, I'm like... You're like, I'm watching these 36 episodes. Yeah, but I'm like, I don't think this one's going anywhere. But I don't really feel that way about any of them. Yeah, no, I want to definitely pick up one more show. The one I'm indifferent about is Shield Hero, but it's fine. It's a better isekai than most, so I'll probably keep watching it. Well, there you go. All right, well, we've just spent the better part of nearly an hour talking about (laughs) what we've been watching. That's that's good. We had a lot we watched. I think if you do pick up one, you should pick up... uh, the promise Neverland. There you go. All right, walkabout girl. Wait, we got DVD picks. Oh shit, you're right. DVD. I brought picks. up 2019. Oh snap! I guess I should uh, click the button that plays the thing. It's another week, and more DVDs are being released. What should you get? It's time for the weekly DVD picks. All right. What should you get in 2019? What should you get? Well, tomorrow, Black Butler Season 1 Blu-ray box set. Oh, wait, how are we miss Con Cali and Twin Star Exorcists? Those shows are bad. Oh, well, they're out there. <laughs> Overlord Season 2, the last good season of Overlord. That show's good. But people already know that came out. It's too far in the past. We got important shows. Well, actually, this is a show I gave up on. The Ancient Magus Bride. 
which had a really cool setting but was so boring. Uh, we got Beyblade, complete first series. Lupin the Third, part two, collection three. Shin Tatsujin, 28. No idea what that is. Divine Gate. Gangsta. Was this not? Oh, Blu-ray Essentials. Man, that's Thanks already so on. That's already essentials, on like Essentials. Yeah. Holy shit, that was quick. It's like what? Two or three years? Probably like three years now. Three Probably years. has been a good amount of time, but still. Oh, you know, I was thinking of 91 days. Okay. Yeah, Gangster was a little... That was the one that had good action, but then... Yeah, it had the death guy. plot into a corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go back and listen Sadly, to Sadly, it, it can't go anywhere. Oh, and then... The Night is Short, Walk On Girl. Blu-ray DVD. Oh! Convenient. You'll have to hear what I say about it very shortly. A few minutes. Girl's Last Tour. Card Captor Sakura, or Sakura. How do people pronounce that? Is it Sakura? I mean, Sakura. Yeah. Free, Complete Collection Essentials. Ooh. ReZero. You watch guys. Season 1, Part 2, Blu-ray. Yeah. I don't I, see. I, I think back about ReZero, and I remember enjoying watching it. But like the more I see people talk fondly about it, I almost like am inspired to be counterculture and dislike it because I really didn't like the end. But most of it was fine, so I guess I shouldn't hate on it. Yeah. Oh man, Funimation just going nuts with their essential Blu-rays. Yeah, Dead Man Wonderland, Fooly Cooly, the first one. Yeah. Because I guess the now good there's one. two. Yeah, free. Again, I guess. This is oh, different. Eternal Summer, I think, is... A movie? Season. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I don't freaking know. And, uh, Samurai 7. Samurai yeah, Shampoo. Yeah, it's a movie. It's only 30 bucks. Hmm. But so is the other one. The other free. Swim oh, Club. Well, then maybe it's another... I don't know. Who I don't knows? watch free. Stein's Gate Complete Collection Blu-ray Classics. I already own the original set. Go get it. If you don't have Stein's Gate... Go mm-hmm. buy it. It's amazing. Except the first half's kind of boring. And the dub is very good, too. Dub so is awesome. You feel good getting the extra Funimation stuff. Yes. Um, My friend still wants me, still bugs me occasionally to watch Samurai Champloo. That's his favorite anime. But All the rap. Yeah. But I still haven't watched it. Yeah. We got Lou Over the Wall, Space Runway, or Runaway, Idion. And Mobile Suit Gundam Thunderbolt Bandit Flower. I love them. Oh, <laughs> Bandit Flowers. Title, title names. It's hilarious. Yes. And that's that's probably it. Uh, Steins Gate, hands down. Yeah, cheap. they made that go one get it. easy. Well, there you go. We got DVD picks. Now it's time for reviews. Ooh, what am I reviewing? Now, as I mentioned, <laughs> the nut- the night is short, walk on girl. So I picked this because I wanted to have something to review together and it was short as a movie. But then it quickly became too wild and I knew you wouldn't want to read all the things and it's not in English. So I ended up watching it alone. And it's it's very bizarre. So I'll try to describe it. And apparently it has... I didn't know its parent show was the Tatami Galaxy. Oh, which I have not seen. Neither have I. I know it's crazy and trippy. Yeah, this one's crazy and trippy as well. And it was done by a band. Um, oh, no, I'm thinking, sorry. Wait, wait, was it done by a band? Or I'm thinking Totomic Galaxy or Interstellar 555. Is that the same thing? This one isn't written by a 
banned or done. Okay, I'm thinking of Interstellar Five. But, but it is fairly trippy. This one's directed and uh, directed and the script's done by Masaki Yusaha. Wait, Yusa? That's my best guess. And apparently, the original story was Tomihiko Morimi. Yeah, I butchered it because we don't normally say the names, but I figured I should since it's a movie. Fair enough. And <laughs> because someone might recognize his style, I don't know what else he's done. Um, I'm going to click his name and find out. Oh, here we go. Best known for Ping Pong the Animation oh, wow. and Devil, Devil Man Cry Baby. Oh, shit. There you go. So. We are terrible anime podcast hosts. He is known for stuff. How dare we not know this? Most definitely. And they mean the most recent Devil Man Cry Baby. He was the director for. Um, And also Tatami Galaxy. Interesting. There you go. Okay, so let me try to explain it because it is extreme. Oh no, I ended up closing things. Okay. So it's a spinoff, but I didn't feel like I missed anything. Uh, They explain it all, even if it is crazy. So... The main girl is Kurakami, and she's voiced by uh, Kana Hanazawa, the adorable, cutesy I know that name. voice actress. Yeah, she does everything. Um, she's the gothic girl in Ori Emo. She's the guy or the girl that attacks the guy in Tokyo Ghoul. She's Onodera and Isekoi. <gasps> yeah, she, oh, um, then I love her. Yeah. She's always just the adorable, cute girl I love voice. Onodera. And um, so it's about this girl who's college age, and she's walking around the streets of Kyoto. And the animation is unlike something I've seen before. I don't really know how to describe it. It's very bright. There's lots of colors, but also it's very rustic and drawn looking. So, like, the main character is mostly just, like, a flat, whitish skin color. But then she has very dark, like, black hair and a very bright red dress uh, with, like, white around the edges. And she's animated more mm, cartoon or, like, Paper paper Mario almost is a good comparison. Oh, wow. She doesn't have big anime eyes. Her eyes are, like, small and gray. And she has, like... Uh, I guess she just has nose holes and not really a nose, but she's very much P- Paper Mario is my best guess. Paper Mar- Mario the anime. That's how she looks. And the backgrounds are all hand-drawn and look nice, but also like archaic. And so what is this about? So she's touring the night scene of this town called Pontecho, and she well, she starts in Kyoto and she wants to go there and basically... You don't know anything about her character other than she's college age and she's looking for stuff to do and she's always up for a challenge, but historically has been bored with doing things. So it doesn't really like go into her backstory at all other than like her personality. And so it follows her and her exploits around town. I don't really have much to say about the show because it's so bizarre, but she meets two characters. One is like this man that looks like a bullfrog is like a giant like bubble of a chin where he smokes from and then this girl named Ryoko I don't know the guy's name is I think Higuchi Higuchi or something 
and they're like more experienced nightlife people. So first she goes to like a a bar and meets this person who's talking about losing all of his koi fish. A tornado comes by and sucks up all of his koi fish and it shows it and it's like raining koi fish. <laughs> and he's sad because his koi fish farm was destroyed and his daughter's getting married, but he hasn't talked to her in a few years, so he doesn't like know where. Uh, coincidentally, she's getting married like in the same place, like right near him, but he doesn't know. Hmm. So then the college age girl's drinking and he's like, you can sure handle your drink. There once was this drink. He's like an, yeah, he's almost, he seems like the Japanese version of a hick, but he's like older and he's like, so he's like inappropriately touching her and uh, she punches him with what she calls her friendship punch and like knocks him out. But then he's like, you're very tough and you can handle your alcohol. There was once with this drink called, oh man, I forget the name of it. The Bill Cosby? <laughs> no. <laughs> Yikes. Um, <laughs> walk on, girl. Oh man, I don't know. It, it's some drink. And basically, it's this famous drink that no one's ever had, but there's this really rich man in town who has a lot of imitation that drink. I guess, well, Golden Necker. Neck. Golden Nectar? So there's this old, yeah, there's this old man named Rihaku. He's like this old gremlin guy. He looks like the Gringotts Bank characters. And he has a ton of money and he travels the town in like a triple decker bus that's like way too big, like Howl's Moving Castle esque. And he has some of the like uh, remake of this famous alcohol. But to have it, you have to challenge him in a drinking game. And if you lose, you have to like give him something. So she's like, well, that sounds cool. Thanks for the information. So her and her like, new drinking buddies she met besides the old guy uh go somewhere else and i forget what they even do but it's unimportant but then they run into the old gremlin man who's visiting the town in his giant bus so this is twofold one they have to beat him in a drinking game because it has something to do with the old guy's daughter's wedding like she can't get some wedding gift from him unless he wins it back because i think he lost it gambling originally mm. and so the girl wants to do it because of that and also because she wants to try the drink which is what the drinking contest is based around mm -hmm. is that famous drink they get to drink till one gives up so she beats them and nothing's really said about any of the characters like she wins but they're never like she won because x they, this shows very much about like how the characters feel. So it's like she won because she felt powerful and couldn't be beaten and she was having a good time. And he lost because he's old and wasn't having a good time. Like There's two major themes in the show. One is time and how you perceive it at different stages of your life. All of the clocks in the old man's like bus thing go super quick. And the like the watch she's wearing on her wrist goes really slow. Meaning, like, time flies when you're old. You oh, know, yeah, no, exactly. Slipping by. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. That, that's very on the nose. And then also, the other, like, not so much symbolism thing, but the other main point was the, in, I guess, kind of like enjoying your youth and meeting everyone with the same enthusiasm. Like, she treats everyone she meets the same. Like, that's how she got to talk to, like, the drunk and the friend she met and such. And I think the other big point is, like, approach everyone you meet because they might be really interesting 
and don't back down from a challenge. So, like, it has big movie themes, I guess you could say. And then the only other important character is Senpai. He's only known as Senpai, and it's the Sky character who's a year older than her, and he really likes the girl and purposely tries to be in the same place, and he always says, like, it's a coincidence mm-hmm. that they met there, whatever. And... Um, I guess this would kind of give it away, but it's honestly just, I don't know how to describe how bizarre of a show it was. Like, for example, while all of this is going on, it's only an hour and a half. So you have, like, the four people she drinks with, all the people she runs into. She keeps meeting the old guy in different forms from the bus to, like, do a challenge. They eat, like, curry that's way too spicy uh, as, like, a contest. While all that's going on, they have this man named Pantsu, so panties, Sanabachu or something. And he loves this one girl that was in an Apple outfit he met once at a play. And he's remaking a play to describe his love. And so that's also going on in the story. So they run around Kyoto setting up like makeshift um, theaters where they perform this play Mm -hmm. that she catches parts of throughout the show. So that must mean something too. But then they have the student council who's trying to shut down the play because it's not supposed to be there. I don't know why it's a student council if it's the whole city of Kyoto, but. And they go like underground and this is giant technological facility uh, with like a bunch of screens and they're like monitoring the whole town. And they're like, this is where the Pansu man shows up. We can't figure out how he's doing it, but we're trying to stop him from doing it. And then, so, like, the girl and the senpai character end up getting wrapped up in the play, which is why it's relevant, I guess. So that makes me wonder if I missed parts from Tatami Galaxy. Like, maybe someone can tell me in the comments if they listen and have seen Tatami Galaxy or this movie. My friend watched it standalone and told me to watch it. Um, So he enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it somewhat, but I was just lost. And there's so much reading. Like, there's constant dialogue. And it does that thing, like in Bakamonogatari, where there's like lots of subtitles to read for signs. Um, so it's just like a, it's overwhelming as like an English speaker to read all the different conversations. And while it's like very colorful and the animation's really cool, and I really like like the main girl character and her attitude, there's honestly just t- too much going on in an hour and a half, and I don't know like who it's marketed towards it's it's like very clearly not a kids movie because it's just way too much going on and like some of the themes are more adult like drinking is a big focus time wasted you know it's very much like a young adult to like midlife crisis type uh movie range of age i guess gotcha so i i just it was overwhelming and i enjoyed it i gave it a seven but Like, unless you've seen it or parts of it, I don't know how to describe, like, just so much is going on. Like, an example scene will be she made it to the uh, book sale, and there's this ghost of the book sale, or spirit, they don't call them ghosts, I guess, in Japan, spirit of the book sale, and he's trying to help Senpai get her old book about a children's book about a train to impress her, while she's just there to meet her drinking friends she lost. But then the guy who lost a bet is trying to get the book too and beat 
the old guy in a chili eating contest so he can get his like daughter's thing back and the student council's trying to shut down the play while the Pantu guy's trying to put on the play and all this happens in like 10 minutes all at one event and then they move on from the book sale it's just so much it's overwhelming it sounds like it so it's like not a good thing to review because I would have to watch it multiple times but I did want to talk about it because it's unlike other things I've seen and I was hoping someone could explain what they got from it. Like, it's de- it's definitely one that would be cool to talk about with someone. I'll have to talk to my friend now that I've finally watched it and see what he liked about it, because overall it was overwhelming to me. I'll actually be talking to him tomorrow, so I'll come back on the show and explain perhaps what I've missed or what he thought was of value. But it's definitely something you'll get. Everyone will get something a little different. It's definitely good if you're like college age because most of the themes are based around the main girl and like the self-discovery and how you can kind of do anything you want once you move out. But people are very self-inhibiting, like they stick to norms. So like the themes are very cool and the animation's good, but I felt like it was making a lot of social commentary on Japan that I just couldn't grasp. So... Huh. Yeah, it's it's insane, but visually pleasing. It sounded, the sound was good. Um, yeah, but the problem is like, I'm, I didn't like it enough, or I wasn't interested enough to like go watch, like to be motivated to just watch the Tatami Galaxy. Like I don't feel one way or the other at this point. Like this was enjoyable, but it didn't really hook me. So. I would like it explained, but I wouldn't necessarily want to watch the whole show based around it, if that is what Tatami Galaxy is. Seemingly, no, though. Like, I think this is just in the same universe, but you're not supposed to know anything, because even though nothing's really explained, it's not like I ever felt where I missed a part. I was never watching it, and I was like, I have no idea who that is. It was just like, that was a lot of things, and I don't really know what they mean. So probably the most overwhelming piece of anime I've consumed. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, it's... It's in a... It's in a category of its own. It was overwhelming. Hmm. So, like, to read you the synopsis, and then that might be a good way to ground it as I wrap it up. It says, A black-haired girl is walking around the streets of Kyoto. From the night scene of Pontecho to a second-hand book fair in Shimagano, and then off to a college fair, which is just, like, the festival. Uh, The main character that has a romantic feeling for her secretly follows her around and looks for opportunities to run into her in a manner that seems like coincidence. Unfortunately for him, she is not interested in love yet, so she does not notice his feelings. To me, I think that synopsis is wrong, because she is interested in love, but also she's interested in everything <laughs> would be a better way to describe it. So I don't agree with the synopsis there. Um, she, the reason she isn't interested in his love is because he didn't tell her. He's not part of the story. Like it said, he's secretly following her. What waits these two characters, it says waits instead of awaits, are crazy incidents, that's true, caused by individuals such as a person who introduces himself as a Japanese mythical creature, Tengu, the god of second-hand book or money lender in a three-story vehicle. So, 
The synopsis is bizarre, as is the whole show. Huh. Well, there you go. So, that's... Damn, that's... That in a nutshell, I guess. Yeah, and I liked it. Like, I still gave it a 7. It was enjoyable, but it was overwhelming. Gotcha. Well, uh, check it out. Yeah, I definitely interested in hearing what people have to say, because I was... The synopsis to me sounded interesting. Yeah, and the synopsis... I don't know. It's... It's clear, I've seen enough media that I can confidently say the main driving point of it is its themes, and I understood its themes. What I don't understand is why it had to be so hectic, and like, was that part of its appeal or part of the point it was trying to make? So I'm interested to hear two things. One, if someone saw this, what did they take away from it as the main themes? And two, am I just off? based with like how it's explained like am i missing from not watching tatami galaxy so gotcha yeah but very unique it was a pleasure though overwhelming to watch so even though like i have i can't take too much away from it i still have a positive impression of it if someone told me tatami galaxy explains it and it would make me appreciate the movie more i would go watch it because i did enjoy the movie otherwise but I'm waiting for someone to tell me because I don't want to just watch it because and be overwhelmed by that too. And that's it. Gotcha. All right. Is there anything else you want to discuss before we uh, head off? Um. No, I guess we should mention that we actually know ahead of time what we're going to review. And for the first time in probably almost a year, we're going to review the same thing. Yeah. So look forward to that. And it's something that was on our top five of 2018 there you go alright well thanks everybody for listening yeah until next time this has been the Bonsai Beat podcast if you have any feedback head over to bonsaibeat.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this episode while you're there you can also find our review index which has a list of all the anime that we've reviewed on the Bonsai Beat podcast If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to add us to your favorite podcatcher. You can find links to do that on our website. Otherwise, we're also on iTunes and Stitcher Radio if that's easier for you. Once again, this is the Bonsai Beat Podcast. Thank you for listening. And if you have any other questions or comments, you can send them to bonsaibeat at gmail.com.